WO Orthopedic Sports Huddle. From the Fricker Studios. On Classic Hits 96.7 WBBI. On ESPN 1430 AM. And at 105.7 FM WFOB. The Sports Huddle is brought to you by NWO Orthopedics. Frickers. Warner Automotive. By Blanchard Valley Health System. Rotor Rooter. Big B Coffee. By Northwestern Water and Sewer District. Wilson Tire. Grit. By MJ Brown Construction Company. Premier Bank. Campus Poly By Financial Design Insurance Agency. Snyder's Flooring Outlet. Ohio Automotive Supply. Seneca Millwork. Five Star Maintenance. And by the Rumpy Corporation. And now. Let's go live to Lance and Matt from the Fricker Studios for the NWO Orthopedic Sports Huddle. Welcome on into this edition of the NWO Orthopedics Sports Auto here from the Frickers Studios on ESPN 1430 AM, 105.7 FM, WFOB. Lance Morris, Matt Common here with you on this holiday edition, Wednesday night Thanksgiving version of the show. Matt, how are you doing? Well, first of all, a very merry turkey day to everyone in advance. We hope you have a lot of fun. Thank you for making us a part of your Wednesday. And... I'm doing good, man. You know, it's it, it's been it, it it's always a fun week, Thanksgiving week. You know, you you start to gear up. You, there there's this little voice in the back of your head that says the holidays are coming, and you start getting a little more excited about it. Maybe or maybe not. The Christmas music has been starting to get played already at my house. Can neither confirm nor deny that fact. But it, it, there's a lot of good stuff coming up, man. It, it's a it's a great time. There's a lot of entertaining things going on some great sports action for you we got to watch a great end to the football season for high school football it is the week anyone that is born in the state of ohio or the state of should have let canada keep it understands exactly what we mean when we say it's the week and there's a lot at stake on this particular version of the week so it's going to be fun. We got a ton of stuff to talk about. Uh, a little more holiday themed today than usual. Um, but you guys are used to this by now. I mean, we have our Christmas special and spoiler alert, we're going to do our Christmas special again this year. We may have some really cool things on deck for that one as well. But yeah, man, I'm excited. It, it It's fun. It, it's going to be a great show. We got some great stuff on deck for you tonight for the show. On this edition of the NWO Orthopedics Sports Huddle from the Fricker Studios, we'll, of course, talk with Kevin Harris, writer from Meet at Midfield, awful announcing, and the comeback to talk Ohio State football, getting the win against Maryland this Saturday. They will take on Michigan. We'll hear from Kevin in just a few minutes, and it's Thanksgiving time within the next 24 hours or so, so we'll talk both regular food and Thanksgiving food. We'll make our picks for a little fast food challenge, and we'll talk about that a bit later on, and then we'll have... A nice little Thanksgiving Day food draft later on in the show as well. We might not be at the Frickers in Finley, but stop in for their daily specials. Monday, boneless frickin' chicken wings day. Tuesday, frickin' chicken wings day. Tonight, you can get their sirloin steak dinner. Thursday, frickin' chicken chunks. Kids eat free all day, every day at Frickers. You can pick up from the carryout window, dine in, or get delivery through DoorDash. Those daily specials are dine in only. Download the Frickers app. Find them online at Frickers.com. But with that, we'll step aside for a quick timeout. When we come back, we'll talk with Kevin Harris, Schreider from Meet on Midfield, along with awful announcing and the comeback here on the NWO Orthopedics Sports Huddle from the Frickers Studios. 
everyday values are at only one place, Frickers. Monday, boneless frickin' chicken wings. Tuesday, traditional frickin' chicken wings. Wednesday is all about that steak. Thursday, frickin' chicken chunks. Frickers, where kids 10 and under eat free every day. Remember, draft beer specials, everyday values, and kids eat free every day. The home for money-saving value is the home for fun, food, sports, and spirits, Frickers. Hey, Hardin County, Allen County, and Putnam County residents. NWO now can serve your local orthopedic and physical therapy needs a bit closer to home. We are now located in Bluffton at 132 Guru Street, right across from Bluffton Hospital. We provide the same great standard that NWO always offers, and we are now accepting patients wanting to be seen in our Bluffton office. Take your orthopedic and physical therapy needs to NWO. There's only one place to go, NWO. Hi, this is Dawn from the Classic Hits Morning Show, and I've just heard that not all roofs are created equal. Is that true? That is true, Dawn. It's solely dependent on the people installing it. Hi, folks. This is Matt from MJ Brown Roofing Construction Company in Tiffin, Ohio. We're a family-owned company that's been in business since 1936. We're a full-service roofing contractor that have been working on both residential and commercial roofs. So no matter what type of roof you want, we have the expertise and the crews needed to install and maintain your roof for years to come. Call 419-447-5864 for a free, no-obligation inspection and quote today. Are you looking for a job with a great company? The Ropey Corporation has several positions available. They have general labor positions with a starting pay of $18.84 an hour with a raise after 90 days. These are full-time positions that work second shift from 2 p.m. until 10 p.m. There's also an opening for a CDL Class A truck driver. To apply, go to Ropey.com and find career opportunities under the company tab. Come work for one of Northwest Ohio's best companies, privately held and family-driven. Welcome back on into this edition of the NWO Orthopedics Sports Auto here from the Frickers Studios on ESPN, 1430 AM, 105.7 FM, WFOB. Lance Morris, Matt Common here with you this Wednesday night. Last Saturday, the Ohio State Buckeyes get the win over Maryland. This Saturday, they take on Michigan in the biggest game of the weekend. You can, of course, Listen to Buckeye football all season long on WFOB. We're now pleased to be joined by Kevin Harris, writer from Meet at Midfield, awful announcing, and the comeback here in the Frickers Zoom room. Kevin, how you doing? Pretty good. How about you? Uh, pretty, pretty good as well. Uh, can't really say the same for some of uh, the Buckeyes and for, for really a bunch of college footballs. We'll talk about it a little later as all of the top teams – uh, for the most part, we're able to get wins, but they pretty much all do so in not uh, not very dominating fashion against uh, a lot of teams that uh, people think, oh, they should have won by a lot, and that was not the case for many of the teams, Ohio State included, in that win over Maryland that looks a little better with the little uh, pick six uh, that they were able to get at the end after causing some pressure in the end zone. What were, what were your takeaways for what we saw for Ohio State in finding basically ways to hang on and get that win against Maryland. Yeah. I mean, a lot of it was, it was definitely one of those scenarios where um, it was, I think we talked about it last week. Maryland is really a team that gave Ohio state a completely different look than any team Ohio state's played all year on offense. And it kind of confused Ohio state a little bit. I don't, I don't know if confused is the right word. They, they knew exactly what they were doing, but Ohio State really hasn't faced a team that likes to throw it downfield the way that Maryland does. And that, you know, it, it definitely impacted the game. Um, you saw, I, I think Ohio State's weak point 
this season has been that cornerback play. And this this week, it you know, it was kind of put on display. Um, Ohio State was beat down the field a few times. And, you know, a lot of it was a, a series of just wacky things that happened to like a blocked extra point returned. Uh, there were uh, a few when Ohio State broke contain on a quarterback and it looked like they were going to get a sack on fourth down. It ended up being a scrambled touchdown, like things like that. Um, and so it's, I guess they're, they're concerning things if Ohio State's going to go to the playoff and play like a TCU or even a USC or somebody like that, uh, you know, maybe that's concerning in the long run. But the thing is about this game, I saw a lot of Michigan fans chirping uh, on Twitter, but like there was no, nothing that no Maryland way. did. There was nothing that Maryland did on Saturday that Michigan's going to be able to even close to replicate, you know, like the way that Maryland was able to attack Ohio state, the, the quarterback play is not comparable. Like there's, there's just nothing about that game. Like I, even if, even if Maryland did expose Ohio state to, you know, Oh, this is the game plan to beat Ohio state. Like there's nothing about Michigan that's built to do anything that Maryland did on Saturday, which is hilarious, but also completely true. This is the NWO Orthopedics Sports Auto here from the Frickers Studios talking with Kevin Harris, Ryder from Meetup Midfield, off announcing and the comeback here into the Frickers Zoom room. And looking at that offensive side, C.J. Stroud, 18 for 30, just under 250 yards, did have one passing touchdown, did not have any interceptions. What would you think of the game we saw from C.J. Stroud? Yeah, I mean, it was a great game. I, I, I think that that's just – it's hilarious that those are his average performances, but it was – you know, he did what he needed to do. Um, I, I don't think he had a bad game by any means. Um, he, you know, found the open receivers, did what he needed to do, especially like in, in the first half, the running game just was not going at all. I think Travion Henderson had 11 carries for 18 yards or something like that. So like any any semblance of the offense came from the passing game in the first half. Uh, and that kind of switched in the second half when Dallin Hayden got inserted into the game. But um, yeah, CJ Stroud kind of carried the team in the first half and really kept Ohio State in it. Um, you know, the, the defense did a pretty good job too, all things considered. But um, I, I don't know, it was, it was a solid game. And he's probably, I, I've seen a, a lot of people hyping up Caleb Williams now suddenly. But uh, I, I think CJ Stroud, it, you know, with the win against Michigan, like the Heisman Trophy is probably his to lose at this point. Looking at uh, what you mentioned with defensively, they did allow Maryland's offense to be pretty successful in different parts of the game. What can you say about what we saw from the defense? I think a lot of it was uh, just getting used to playing a team that wants to push the ball downfield. Uh, and, and you did see them get a lot more comfortable uh, as the game went on. The, the reality is that Ohio State's played pretty much 11 games. Uh, maybe maybe Toledo and Arkansas State are a little different, but for the most part, Ohio State has played a bunch of games against teams that really have no interest in throwing the ball. And, you know, they, they're run first teams, um, and that's what Ohio State's faced this season. But this, this game, you know, Maryland really tried to push the ball downfield. They really tried to throw the ball downfield. They really tried to attack these Ohio State corners. And I really do think they got better as the game went on. And the or the defensive line started to own the point of attack. They started to get a lot of pressure on the quarterback and stuff like that. And um, you know, so I guess it's concerning, but also just the way that they were able to respond kind of in the second, like late in the game and stuff like that. I I don't think that it's a long term issue. Um, I, I think it's good that they got this under their belt. 
I think that'll really help them in the long run because you don't want to be figuring out how to defend a team that throws the ball for the first time against, you know, TCU or USC in the college football playoff. Like that, that's not what you want. But, um, you know, the, the reality is that it was a good look for what they could be facing later in the college football playoff. But um, I, I really do, If like rewatching the game, I rewatched it uh, on Sunday and um, the, the defense did actually schematically do a lot better and, and execution wise do a lot better in the second half, even if there were some just shaky things that went wrong, um, like chunk plays or, um, you know, fluke things that went wrong uh, that kind of kept Maryland in the game. So credit to Maryland, but, you know, it, I don't think it was quite as bad as um, Ohio State fans maybe felt at the time, you know, I and that, that would have been a shame, too, because, like, you're looking at that game and um, Maryland could have won that game with that that last touchdown drive. They were down six before the uh, really the, the scoop and score, or the pick six, whatever you want to call it. Um, and Maryland could have won that game. And it, that's just one of those cases where it's like, man, I don't, I don't really feel like Ohio State deserved to lose this game necessarily. but. Um, Ultimately, they didn't. Uh, and I, I honestly credit to Zach Harrison for that, too. He had two huge plays down the stretch. And um, I think him, uh, JT Tuomaloau and uh, Jack Sawyer each had huge games. And so they're really coming on as pass rushers. Talk with Kevin Harris, writer from Meet at Midfield, awful announcing and of the comeback here in the Frickers Zoom room. And you mentioned it before, Dallin Hayden able to have a good game as a running back after – uh, taking over for Travion Henderson. You mentioned Travion Henderson's also ineffectiveness. Was that due to injury? Was that Maryland aiming to make sure he doesn't beat them? What do you attribute the differences in what we saw for the running game from on Saturday? Yeah, you know, I, I don't 100% know. It, he was definitely ineffective, and you could definitely tell. Um, I think Ryan Day, even if you're reading between the lines on some of the quotes, was pretty frustrated with the way that he was running. I think it was a combination of him being injured and just the way that he runs. I, I think that this is a guy who is, you know, every time he touches the field is the most athletic guy on the field. And that's been the case since high school. It was the case even last year as a true freshman when he was getting carries at Ohio state. And he likes to make plays. He likes to hit home runs. He likes to score. He likes to get chunk yardage. And so he, a lot of times will freelance on plays. He won't hit the hole. He won't run run as it's designed to run, um, and the uh, and so I I just I think a lot of it was that his athleticism um, was masking some of the issues with vision, like last year even. But this year I do think that he has a um, I do think that he like that injury is hampering him, and it might be hampering his confidence. It might be hampering his athletic ability, but. The reality is he's he has liked to bounce the ball outside his entire career. And so on in this game, you saw him go and like have a hole right in front of him and he'd choose to bounce it outside. But I just think because of he's got some sort of lower body foot injury, he was wearing a boot after the game and after it was clear that he wasn't going to be coming back into the game. I think that part of it is that he likes to bounce the ball outside and that's been effective in the past but it's not effective when he's not quite as athletic as he usually is. So um, I, I think it's kind of one of those things. Maybe it's a blessing in disguise because he's going to have to relearn. Like In the NFL, you're not going to be able to bounce the ball outside like that either. Uh, he's going to have to learn to hit a hole, uh, follow his blockers, run the play as it's called. And he just did not do that and was not doing that in the first half. 
Um, but Dallin Hayden, he was. To his credit, he was. He wasn't doing anything special. He wasn't, you know, he broke a few tackles. He got to the second level and made some plays. But what he was doing every single down was he was just following his blocks and running the play as it was called. And so I, I, I think that, like, it sounds crazy, but that's what Ohio State needed. And I think that going forward, especially if Mayan Williams and Travion Henderson aren't healthy, that's perfect for Ohio State. You know, just just a guy that is going to go north-south. And um, he's not a big guy. He's not even a super fast guy. You know, he's he's just a a classic running back that is going to follow his blockers, find the hole, and hit it for five yards. You know, and, and, and that's exactly what he did on Saturday. This is the NWO Orthopedics Sports Auto here from the Frickers Studios on ESPN 1430 AM, 105.7 FM, WFOB talking with Kevin Harris, writer from Meet at Midfield, off announcing and the comeback. And let's take a, let's take a look ahead to this week. They, of course, take on Michigan, also 11-0 on the season, and they've played a lot of common opponents, of course, with, with the Big Ten schedule. And a lot of those uh, matchups are very comparable in terms of score and uh, how each team was able to do with a few exceptions here and there. But what are what are the big things you're looking forward to uh, for this game on Saturday? Yeah, I, I think the big one is Blake Corum. We're, we're looking at Blake Corum's status. Uh, obviously, he suffered an injury against Illinois. Um, it appeared to be some sort of knee injury. They've never given any sort of diagnosis. Uh, they have not ruled him out. And in fact, he did actually return in the second half against Illinois. But he had one play. He ran the ball one time and went right back to the sideline and didn't play the rest of the game. And to me, if I'm a Michigan fan, that's way more concerning than if he just didn't play the rest of the second half, because that tells me that like he was technically probably fine to go, but like tried to play and just was completely ineffective. And if that's any sort of long-term injury, like it seemed to be, or even nagging injury, um, that that seems like bad news for me. Uh, and especially the, the way that he the way that Corum plays, he's a very, uh, he, he cuts a lot. He's not a power back. He's, you know, not even really a speed back. He's great at cutting. He's great at making people miss um, in the open field and stuff like that. And if you take away his lateral movement, which I think that knee injury probably will, I, even if he plays, I'm not sure he's going to be anywhere close to effective. So um, I, I think that, as sad as it sounds, is probably the X factor in the game. He has been their offense this season. I don't think J.J. McCarthy is a very good quarterback. Um, he's he's a pretty good runner. He's good at creating things with his legs. But even that, he hasn't been super effective on the ground lately. Um, he's, you know, honestly getting progressively worse as the season goes on. And I I don't think that Michigan will be able to move the ball if Blake Quorum's not available. The other thing is they've got Donovan Edwards, who is a, it just he's a perfectly fine back. He's a, he's a good back. Um, but I from what I understand, his he's having some thumb issues. And if he plays, which he probably will if Blake Corum is not available, um, he's going to have a, a big spike, a, a cast on his thumb. And that's a problem because he's most effective as, a, uh, as catching the ball out of the backfield. And if, if he's got a big spike on his thumb, I don't know how effective he's going to be as a receiver either. So um, I, I do think that a lot of it comes down to injury concerns. But honestly, like looking at this game, the way that Michigan plays and the way that Ohio State has played against the run this season. Now, it's not the case last season, but this season, Ohio State has been excellent against the run. Um, even if both Edwards and Corum were 100% healthy, I think Ohio State is should still be a comfortable favorite in this game. I Just the style in which they play, the fact that Ohio State has been tested against um, teams that like to pound the ball over and over this season and um, really hasn't even had to come out of their base defense to stop it easily. 
I, I just, I don't really see Michigan scoring enough or moving the ball enough for this to really be a game. Um, you know, I, it, it'll be, it'll have a little more juice to it, obviously, because it's, it's the rivalry game. But uh, other than that, like, I, I think Ohio State is decidedly the better team in this matchup. We mentioned it last week when we were talking about uh, different Michigan quarterbacks and how fans will basically hype them up, whether they're actually really good or maybe they're somewhere, you know, more middle of the road. And we, we talked about it, and really since 2007, that has been the case for the most part. I went and actually looked back at different quarterbacks since uh, that 07 season. Some of the guys were, of course, better than others. Uh, Ryan Mallett never really did anything at Michigan, but ended up having a little bit of time in the NFL as a solid quarterback. Uh, Tate Forcier was the guy I was trying to remember him. He was who I was trying to remember. I remembered exactly what he looked like, but could not for the life of me remember his name. He was the first guy I remember as being the guy that Michigan hyped up, even though he was not very good. And they, of course, then after that had some pretty good athletes, Denard Robinson and Devin Gardner, but neither of them were great quarterbacks, as we've talked about as well. And then after that, it's it's really that type of guy, for the most part, Jake Ruddock, uh, Wilton Spite, John O'Korn, Brandon Peters, Shea Patterson, we talked about last week as a five-star guy that never really materialized at Michigan. We also talked to Joe Milton. He was actually one in three as a starter uh, before he ended up transferring to Tennessee. And then they, of course, had Cade McNamara and now J.J. McCarthy. And, yeah, it's it's just kind of staggering when you go back and actually, like, look at the raw data to see who those quarterbacks were and what they actually did while at Michigan. And aside from really the one or two years of Denard Robinson, none of them were any sort of, like, top-tier guys in college football in in really any aspect of their game. Yeah, uh, you hit it spot on. It's just they, it, it's not quite the the cartoon Wisconsin meme type thing where they right. just like pump out the same quarterback every year. But like Michigan has not had a great quarterback since I, I, Chad Henney is probably the closest you can get to a great quarterback. Um, you know, back in, I guess it was like 2007 or about about those years. Um, you know, but, but past that, like Michigan has not had great quarterback play. They just haven't. Um, and, you know, I think Michigan fans were really excited about J.J. McCarthy. It's a five-star guy, um, hypothetically should have been good. Uh, and, and, you know, maybe he would have been good at a different, at a different program. Uh, but he, he's, he's can't throw the ball downfield. Um, he's inaccurate. He, most of his success comes from underneath routes and crossing routes is, I think his like average depth of pass is like six yards or something like that. So like the dudes throwing the ball like six yards down the field, they're glorified handoffs. Like he's he's not very good. And if you're really looking at a scenario where uh, Blake Cora might be injured and Donovan Edwards can't catch the ball out of the outfield, out of the backfield, I, I don't know how Michigan moves the ball because they're not going to do it through the air. They haven't done it all year against way worse defenses than Ohio State. So I I genuinely do not know. I, Michigan could play the game of their life on defense, and I just don't know that it's going to matter because I. I can't see how they're going to find consistent points. You know, it's a rivalry game. They'll probably come up with some juice. Maybe they'll, they'll find some points on some trick plays or some big busted plays. It, like, it's going to happen. Uh, that's what always happens. It's always a little closer than you think it should be. But I, just when it comes down to consistently doing it over 60 minutes, I'm just I'm not convinced that this team's going to be able to do that. 
I know we talked about this in parts probably last week and over over the years as well. But one thing that makes me just, I guess, shake my head because it's confusing. I know that pro success doesn't, of course, mean you're a great teacher and coach of the game of football. But Jim Harbaugh was an NFL quarterback for, you know, a decent amount of time. He spent some time in the league. And really, aside from whatever you can say about him with Andrew Luck, he hasn't had a quarterback, at least in college, that he's made a whole lot better, it appears. Is it just, what's the disconnect that I and maybe Michigan fans are still searching for? Because you tell me all that, oh, he's learning from a former NFL quarterback. I would presume, at the very least, these guys are more above average than we've seen over the last few years with Harbaugh at Michigan. Yeah, I, I don't know. It it is hard, and I I think what's even more perplexing is like he came to all, he came to Michigan, and people were hailing him as like a quarterback guru after like the way that he coached Andrew Luck or whatever um, at Stanford, and just the track record since then has just not been great. And so I don't I don't really know what the disconnect is. Um, I mean, because obviously sometimes you can do and you can't teach, and maybe that's the case here, but like. It, it it does not seem to be translating over and you, you even look at how he was in the nfl and um who he was su- more su- or he was successful with in the nfl too like he was by all accounts like a fine you know coach and quarterbacks coach in the nfl level which just it hasn't translated to college and i i don't really have a good answer for why um maybe it's the offense that he insists on running maybe it's you know not making having any real weapons outside although that hasn't always been the case either I, I, I truly don't know. And I think the one big thing that I would always say is like he wasn't attracting top level quarterback talent. But when you have a transfer like Shea Patterson, who is a former five star prospect, and then you land JJ McCarthy, who is a five star prospect coming out of high school and was actually higher rated than um, really anybody on Ohio State's roster currently. And he's still bad. Like he's still not an effective quarterback. That on some level has to reflect back on you. And I, I don't know uh, why, but it's very clear that quarterbacks are not developing in Michigan. Taking a look back at last week in college football, mentioned it off the top, but lots of games that maybe shouldn't have been really close, but they were for the top four teams for Georgia, Ohio State, Michigan, and TCU. They they really deserve to lose, just for no other reason. That clock management was absolutely abysmal, but they were able to get – that field goal unit on the field and get that win as time expired. Uh, Tennessee, they get blown out by South Carolina and also lose Hendon Hooker in the process. Uh, USC beat UCLA by three in a game that ended, I think, after midnight or at least very close to midnight. Uh, same thing for uh, Oregon against Utah. They were able to win that one by three. Oklahoma, I was wondering where Oklahoma had been all year. I guess they were just saving it for the first quarter against Oklahoma State because they Jumped ahead big in that one. They were able to then uh, meander and hold off and get the win against Oklahoma State. What were your thoughts on what we saw in a pretty wild weekend, you know, as a lot of teams apparently were looking forward to this coming weekend for rivalry week? Yeah, it was it was hilarious. You know, I, I it was one of those, like, it was the Spider-Man meme where you've got, like, the Spider-Man me- or guys pointing at each other. Uh, like, all of the teams wanted to make fun of somebody else for – not ha- or for having a 
a close win against an inferior opponent, but everyone was doing the same thing. You know, you had Georgia against Kentucky. It started off with Michigan against Illinois and Ohio State fans were uh, really thinking that Michigan was going to lose that game. Honestly, Michigan should have lost that game the way that it went out. You could argue Ohio State easily could have lost to Maryland. Um, TCU again, man, TCU is a funny team because like they have been doing this since the beginning of the year. And it's like it started off as like a come on, eventually they're going to lose. But they've actually like hilariously kind of gotten good since then so they're also like a good football team these days too so i don't know it's it, it was a, it was a wild weekend um a wild weekend for nothing really happening besides tennessee tennessee getting crushed to south carolina that was um interesting and then usc kind of taking over that spot is like uh if tcu loses usc will end up in there but um i don't know it's it's it was a, a very weird weekend uh to set up really the weekend that really matters in the in the college football landscape so I think um from from how this is shaping up I this obviously feels like a a college football playoff game or play-in game for Ohio State and Michigan at least I, I think I've, I've heard some people talking um based on Ohio State's strength of schedule with playing Notre Dame and potentially Ohio State could get into the playoff if they lose I don't think Michigan can at this point um but you never know. Uh, I, I think that if USC loses to Notre Dame this weekend, which would be wild, um, that, you know, you've got all of that up in the air with potentially TCU could lose another game too. So it's definitely worth considering, but um, yeah, just, just a wild week in college football. Uh, and we're probably going to get one more this weekend. You mentioned it with the uh, playoff ranks. Of course, we're talking with Kevin Harris, writer from meet at midfield. Awful announcing in the comeback here on the NWO orthopedics Sports Huddle from the Frickers Studios. You mentioned it with uh, the top teams. Uh, the playoff rankings, of course, came out last night. Top four, no surprises. Georgia, Ohio State, Michigan, TCU, your top four. But then after that, you have LSU moving up to five, USC up to six, Bama at seven, Clemson at eight. And it really, it really does open the door for some weird things to happen depending on what can, of course, take place. Because Ohio State, of course, plays Michigan this week. We'll have Georgia and LSU play the following week in the SEC title game. TCU still has a game or two to play. And USC, we already mentioned that with Notre Dame. And they very well could lose to Notre Dame with how well uh, they've been playing the last handful of weeks. And we've already said it with TCU where it feels like they should lose every week. What are your thoughts from last night's college football rankings and kind of the chaos that that could lead to here in the next few weeks? Yeah, it is. It is very, very interesting. Um, I, I think it was pretty. The committee kind of made their their intentions clear with Tennessee last week um, that if Tennessee won out, they were going to be in the in that uh, last spot. But that's not how it shook out. Obviously, Tennessee is decidedly out of it at this point. Um, so I, I think that what's going to happen is Ohio State and Michigan are going to play. The winner of that will get a spot. Um, Georgia is no matter what going to get a spot unless they lose to Georgia Tech which would be hilarious yeah I think even then still they'd end up at the college playoff but um then uh you're probably going to have TCU if TCU keeps winning um and then it it gets really it gets really 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 interesting if USC and or TCU lose because I think right now it's it's set up pretty cleanly for Georgia Ohio State slash Michigan TCU and USC but I really don't know what would happen 
if USC is to lose to Notre Dame and TCU is to lose one more game because I don't think they'd get in, but like, then what would you do? Because then you'd have an LSU team that would probably have three losses. Could Bama sneak back in there? I think at that point you'd have to consider the loser of Ohio State, Michigan. I, it's 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 a very tricky scenario, and I it, I mean the committee's really going to hope that um, that Ohio State or that it kind of cleans up perfectly for them and uh, USC and TCU win, but um, you know it, it doesn't always work out that cleanly. I know he made a stink on Twitter. Is Lane Kiffin still going to Auburn? I don't know, man. I don't know. He's impossible to predict. Like, he's he's one of those like he's one of those guys that I'm super glad is in college football. Oh yeah. But I want him nowhere near my program. <laughs> like, like I love I love to admire him from afar. And like the, the the funny thing is is he's a genuinely really good football coach. Dude. Yeah. Like I love watching their offense. It's like one of the most creative offenses in college football. But like, it's it's hilarious because like just the all of the stuff that comes with Lane Kiffin being your coach is it's just not worth it but for a team like Auburn or a team like Ole Miss that's like like what do you got to lose like let's roll the dice here and he's also like a mercenary too like I really appreciate it he doesn't have any loyalty to any particular team um any particular program he's fine moving he just follows the money and he goes wherever he can you know he can he can win and I appreciate that. It's it's kind of refreshing, but uh, you know, I think it would be hilarious if he ended up at Auburn because it would put a that end of season matchup, that Iron Bowl matchup with Nick Saban every year. And I I'm absolutely here for Lane Kiffin playing uh, Nick Saban in the Iron Bowl every year. But um, you know, I I really have no idea what would happen. I just I don't think Lane knows either, which is probably the best part. Like I I don't think that he is really like I don't think he has a master plan or anything. I think he's just like going on a whim with however it works, but uh, it'd be hilarious if you ended up in Auburn. I'd, I'd be, I'd love to watch it. Is there really any comparison to anyone else who's done something similar to Lane? I mean, I guess you can maybe say that about Saban before he established himself at Alabama, but is there really anything even close? No, I really don't think so because I think like Lane Kiffin as a concept would have been like super frowned upon like 20 years ago. You know, I, I don't think there, like, was room in college football for a guy with Lane Kiffin's personality. And you can, you can see, like, that in the way that he was treated and perceived by the media in, like, um, you know, when he was at USC or Tennessee or, or wherever he was. Like, he, people, like, hated him, you know? It, he, he couldn't, I don't know, he didn't have a lot of respect. Um, people didn't take him seriously and stuff like that, even though he was still a great football coach back then. Uh, I, I don't think that somebody like Lane Kiffin could have existed uh, without, you know, college football progressing kind of the way that it has. And I think it's gotten to the point where, um, you know, guys, young guys that are willing to just bounce around and be like kind of characters and make memes of themselves, essentially, like they're kind of welcomed in college football these days and in a way that they kind of weren't in the past. And then last thing I have, of course, looking ahead to rivalry weekend games, we do have the Egg Bowl, Mississippi State, and Ole Miss. We'll see, in fact, if that is Lane Kiffin's last game with Ole Miss. But then Saturday, of course, in ranked matchups, you have Notre Dame, USC, Tulane, Cincinnati, Oregon, Oregon State. Some of the other non-ranked rivalry games, you got NC State versus North Carolina, Florida against Florida State, South Carolina 
against Clemson became a whole lot more interesting after what South Carolina did to Tennessee last week. And then uh, Tennessee does uh, does play Vanderbilt, and Vanderbilt has uh, strung a couple nice wins together in Clark Lee's second year. What are some of the games you're looking forward to outside of, of course, the big one uh, for Saturday? I, I am really interested in that USC-Notre Dame game, obviously. Um, you know, I suddenly that has huge national title implications. Notre Dame's really bounced back um, after, you know, it, it looks like that program was kind of getting off the rails um, after that loss to Ohio State and then that loss to, to Marshall right after. But I, this is a, it's a, it's a, I think they're number 13 in the latest college football playoff rankings. And I even mentioned it, I think, a, a couple interviews ago, like that loss to Stanford earlier in the year. If they don't have that loss to Stanford, you know, this is a team that is probably a top eight team in the college football playoff rankings. So, like, this is a three-loss team, but it, they've, they've done really well. So I think it would be huge, even for Ohio State's resume, um, if Notre Dame can go out and beat USC this Saturday. So I think, weirdly, Ohio State fans are going to be rooting for, for Notre Dame um, it, it, you know, come Saturday night. I'm also really interested to see, uh, I, I mean, obviously there's a ton of good games this weekend. That Oregon, Oregon State game is always fun. The Egg Bowl, one of the best college football rivalries in my opinion. But um, I think there's a legitimate chance that Vanderbilt finishes with three wins back to back to back against, uh, you know, pretty big opponents because Hendon Hooker is not going to be able to play. Uh, he had a torn ACL. He's, his Tennessee career is done. Um, and so there's a, there's a chance like Vandy's hot and they could come out and, uh, really finish finish the season strong here. So uh, I'm interested in watching that one too. This has been Kevin Harris, Schreider from Meet at Midfield, Awful Announcing and the Comeback. We follow you on Twitter at Kevinish and now on TikTok at Hi, I am Kevin. Thank you once again for taking the time to talk with us. We'll catch up next week. Awesome. Thank you. With that, we'll step aside for a quick timeout. When we come back, Matt and I will talk a little bit about what we know best. You're on the NWO Orthopedics Sports Huddle from the Frickers Studios on ESPN 1430 AM, 105.7 FM, WFOB. Think you can't qualify for a car loan because of your past credit, bankruptcy, divorce, even repossessions and charge-offs? Well, think again and turn the corner to Warner. Warner Buick GMC can help you find the money you need for a car. Call 419-429-6157. That's 419-429-6157. Or apply online at warnerbuickgmc.com. Let Warner help you get a car today. For price, selection, and service, Warner won't be beat. For over 100 years, ironworkers have been building America. Do you have what it takes to be an ironworker? Do you like to work with your hands? Do you like to be creative and solve problems? Do you like to be outdoors and don't mind getting dirty? With starting pay of $18 an hour and with medical and retirement benefits, there are ironworker jobs available in Northwest Ohio. To take your career to new heights, call the Ironworkers Local 55 Training Center at 419-382-3080 and build a better future. Come on now, you know you've heard of those famous breadsticks. The ones oozing with cheese and a variety of other toppings you can choose from? That's right, the ones from Campus Poly Ice, the world famous ones. Don't forget Campus Poly Ice for tasty subs, pizza, your favorite beer, and even salads. One of Finley's best kept secrets. Don't forget to try the house-made ranch dressing. Getting your favorite goodie from Campus Poly Ice is easy. Located at 339 South Blanchard Street, Campus Poly Ice offers dine-in, carry-out, or delivery. What you waiting on? Getting the kids to practice on time. Remembering if it's your day to bring snacks. Making it to the game with a clean jersey. Why are simple things sometimes so complicated? 
Thankfully, with auto owners, insurance doesn't have to be one of them. Auto Owners works with independent agents who answer when you call, so you can worry about more important things, like whether your kid is going to run toward first or third base. That's simple human sense. Ask Financial Design Insurance Agency in New Regal if Auto Owners makes sense for you. Back we are on the NWO Orthopedics Sports Huddle from the Frickers Studios on ESPN 1430 AM, 105.7 FM, WFOB, Lance Morris, Matt Common hanging out with you here. Big thanks to Kevin Harris from Meet at Midfield along with the comeback. Awful announcing for joining us to talk Ohio State football. If you missed any part of our show today or just want to hear it again, head over to WFOB.com, click on the podcast page. You can hear today's show and our interviews from past seasons. We're not physically at the Frickers and Finley. Stop in, though, for their daily specials. Monday, boneless frickin' chicken wings day. Tuesday, frickin' chicken wings day. Tonight, their sirloin steak dinner. Thursday, frickin' chicken chunks. Kids eat free all day, every day at Frickers. Pick up from the carryout window, dine-in, or get delivery through DoorDash. All daily specials are dine-in only. Download the Frickers app to see more and to place an order. Find them online at frickers.com. And let's uh, let's keep on that train, Matt. Let's talk some food. We'll talk, uh, we'll talk Thanksgiving food a little bit later. Later on, we're going to build up to that, so to speak. But... Oh, hold on, hold on. First of all, first of all, you never have to convince me to talk food. Well, right. <laughs> that's that kind of went without saying. You, you, don't, you don't need a preamble. If we want to talk food, let's talk some food. <laughs> let's let's get it's Thanksgiving week. It's the holidays are coming. We're, we're talking food. I'm sure there's other sports things happening in the world today, but nah, not today. Today is food. <laughs> So what we're going to do first, we're going to build a little fast food lineup uh, based on a picture I saw on Twitter from uh, Barstool Sports. It has different categories, range from a dollar to $5, but you have to pick one of a sandwich or taco, bites, specialties, fries, sides, drinks, and a dessert. We'll go back and forth, and we'll make our picks as we go uh, through all of the columns and uh, we'll say exactly what our options are for each column as we go by, since you know you can't see this list uh, while we're talking about it. So we will start with the sandwich or taco category, and from five down to one, we have a Chick-fil-A sandwich. We have an In-N-Out Double Double, a McDonald's Double Quarter Pounder for $2. Then we have three Taco Bell Tacos and a McDonald's Filet-O-Fish is the $1 option for the sandwich or taco category. Matt, uh, what uh, what do you look to go with to get things started? Well, first of all, $5 in this economy? I mean, my goodness, that's, that is pretty aggressive. But I do appreciate that in this category, they do have the three Taco Bell tacos actually correctly priced at $2. I'm pretty sure that's what it costs to actually get that at a Taco Bell currently. I am going to go... A little bit budget, but a little bit bougie at the same time. I'm going to pick $3, the McDonald's Double Quarter Pounder. A secret delight when you go to McDonald's because it's actually the the all-beef patty. They do cook them fresh now. They're not just sitting in one of those um, like heaters or like steamers or type of thing. They actually do cook it very fresh, and it it's delicious now when you get it. I, I would happily recommend it to anyone who's looking for a meal at McDonald's. So I'm going $3 with the McDonald's double quarter pounder. Hopefully we don't do this the whole time, but I went, I did the same thing. I got to, got to go with the quarter pounder. When I looked at the rest of the list, it just, it just made sense to go there for, for the quarter pounder, the double quarter pounder, in fact, uh, for good, 
good bang for the buck at $3, right, uh, right in between what we are looking for. So moving on to the bites category. These are all different versions of chicken nuggets. For the $5, it is the Cane's Tenders. For the $4, Chick-fil-A Nuggets. $3, McDonald's McNuggets. For $2, you have Popeye's Tenders. And then Wendy's Spicy Nuggets for a dollar under the Bites category. Where do you where do you look to go for the Bites? It's Cane's. I just saved money on the double core. I'm getting Cane's Tenders. Get those Tenders. Get that, get that Cane's Sauce. Mm, yes, I, I am 1,000% going canes and i'm sure jordan strack is smiling from ear to ear hearing this option as well again we're going to go the same going chalk. <laughs> <laughs> because uh you know we've we've had discussions for uh when when i've made uh, trips to different places uh, i do so when i know okay after the game matt we're getting canes whether you like it or not and you say oh okay i guess and we have done that from time to time I mean, look, this is very important to note. I know I know Raising Cane's is starting to show up in the Toledo, Northwest Ohio area. For me, it, it's been in Cleveland for years at this point. So I'm I'm very used to Raising Cane's being around, which is why probably on top of how good Cane's is, that's probably why I don't go as hard to the paint for Chick-fil-A as other people do. Um but Canes is great. I mean, God, every time we do a game that's near Cleveland, like, by the way, we're going to Canes. It's like, oh, there, you know, there's other places to eat too, right? No, we're going to Canes. Okay, we're going to Canes. <laughs> uh, so moving, moving to the next category, we have specialties. For $5, we have the Taco Bell Crunch Wrap. $4, the McDonald's Big Mac. For $3, the Whataburger Patty Melt. For two bucks, we have the Arby's Beef and Cheddar. And for one dollar, you have the Burger King Yumbo Sandwich. And I'll, I'll go first for this one for the specialty. Uh, I had to I had to think what I'm going to get later on in the list. So because of that, I, as much as I love my Crunchwrap, as much as I love my Big Mac, those are both things I get most times I go to those establishments. I'm going to go for two bucks. I'm going to go the Arby's Beef and Cheddar because... Pretty much every time I go to Arby's, you, you got to get at least one beef and cheddar. I mean, look, I'll, I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. As tempted as I am to continue the streak of us going chalk, and I, I, the Arby's beef and cheddar is great. I, I, I know I got some savings coming up in these next couple categories. So I'm actually going to go one step above. I'm going to keep it budget but bougie. I'm going with the Whataburger patty melt. And I'll tell you what. Compelling argument between Whataburger's patty melt and a high quality Culver's burger. Which one is actually better? It is. It is a delicious sandwich. So I'm probably going to I'm going to go with the Whataburger, the patty melt, get that three dollar category taken care of. And, you know, I'm, I'm kind of sitting pretty here at eleven dollars halfway through the list. There you go. There you go. Now we'll uh, move. It, it, now, this is important. If I have savings, can I buy a burrito from Chipotle <laughs> at the end of this list as like a bonus category? <laughs> I mean, if you some, if you somehow have that much saved, then by all means. Okay. Good to know. Just, just curious. Just curious. So moving towards the fries portion, we have at $5, we have the McDonald's French fries. For $4, the In-N-Out Animal Style Fries. 
for three bucks, the Arby's Curly Fries. For two bucks, the Chick-fil-A Waffle Fries. And for one dollar, the KFC Potato Wedges. And I'll go first again on this one. And just based on what I got later on in the list, it just made sense for me to go with a little different pick for this one. So this is this could turn out poorly if I ever get the chance to have this and don't like it. I'm going to go with the In-N-Out Animal Style fries because I needed to get something from a $4 category to properly play the game. And I think that is something I would enjoy, even though I have not gone to the West Coast to actually have In-N-Out just yet. Well, those of us who have been to the West Coast, who have had In-N-Out Animal Style fries, knowing you, you'd love them. They're delicious. They're absolutely delicious. So I, I would say that's a mighty fine choice. For me, it's not really much of a question. I'm going the Chick-fil-A waffle fries. Do that. Throw some cheese sauce in with them. Ball game. That, that's all you need to know in life. So uh, as good as the in and out animal style are, I am going Chick-fil-A waffle fries. See, I love my Chick-fil-A waffle fries. I love pretty much all of the fries I'm in and out's the only one I haven't had the fries of, ironically enough, but just to play the game properly and make my menu for me, it just worked out that way. But yeah, I mean, there's not, there's not a bad choice among all those no. to, to, eh. to be very, if, if we're going to keep it a buck, at least for me, I've never been the biggest fan of the world of the curly fries. Really? Yeah. I don't know why. Like I, I it's, I'll eat them. But it's usually like when I go to Arby's, I'll I'll usually order either like mozzarella sticks or the jalapeno poppers instead. It's I, I've I've never been a huge, huge fan of the curly fries. I don't know why they do taste good. It's just it's it's not one of my first choices really is not like if I were to mix this list up a little bit for the fries, the KFC potato wedges and Arby's curly fries, I'd probably swap those out and replace them with the new Wendy's fries, which I think are much, much better than they used to be, and probably Red Robin fries. Switching gears to the sides category. This one is a little bit more diverse. For the sides, it gets started for $5, the Culver's Cheese Curds. For $4, a McDonald's Hash Brown. For $3, Jack in the Box Mini Tacos. For $2, some KFC Mashed Potatoes. And for a buck, you can get Taco Bell, the chips, and cheese. And because I, I so budgeted this a very certain way, I, I have to get cheese curds. I, I just I just have to. There's no there's not really another option that I really I really love. So it just made sense to go to splurge on this one and get the cheese curds. In honor of the holiday season. In honor of the holiday season, I am actually going to go with the KFC mashed potatoes. Wait, no, I can't. I already got some. I, I won't be able to do it otherwise. Ah, okay. Hold on. See, that's why That's why I had to game plan a certain way. Oh, well, I mean, I'm okay with my decision still because it's from a, from my cost standpoint, it, it still works. Hold on. I'm doing some math here. Stand by. I got a, yes, like I got a math. Please hold. So sorry to everyone at home listening right now. Um, let's see here. One, four. Let's do that. That's five, ten. Ah, the, 
if I pick from every category, but I'm still under budget, that's fine, right? Yeah. Okay. Then I I think yes. Okay. The way I got this will still work. I'm sticking with my mashed potatoes. It's gonna pain me on the next category, it hurts but me to we'll say have this. to make do. So for the drink category, this is where things are very interesting. You have for five bucks, you have McDonald's Coca-Cola. For four bucks, McDonald's Sprite. For $3, McDonald's Diet Coke. For $2, Chick-fil-A tea. And for $1, you have the Sonic Cherry Limeade. I'll throw this back to you, Matt. What do you go for for the drink category? I'm going to start by saying emphatically, this is the equivalent of Andrew Swisher not winning the player of the game award two weeks ago against Lima Central Catholic. Um, But we all know the correct answer is McDonald's Coca-Cola. We all know that's the correct answer. And that is the best drink out there. It is scientifically proven that McDonald's Coca-Cola tastes better than can or bottle version of Coca-Cola. The any other restaurant that serves Coca-Cola, McDonald's is just an inherently better Coca-Cola. That said, because I'm trying to play this game with a budget, I'm going to have to go with the Sonic Cherry Limeade, which is also very good. Like, I really don't have an issue with any of them in this category, but it, it, I, I say the Cherry Limeade, but I want McDonald's Coca-Cola to know I, I'm not abandoning you. I still think you're the best choice. <laughs> it, it's a budget thing. I just, I got to play the game the way I'm playing, have to play the game. It's not, it's not you. It's me. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, I pretty much, uh, pretty much same thought process for me. Um, I I also went with the cherry limeade, and I don't think I've ever had specifically the Sonic cherry limeade, but I've had different cherry limeades of other varieties and liked them a lot. So I figure that you know, adjacent property, I would like the Sonic cherry limeade, and I I haven't drank as much pop as i used to if i had then obviously one of the coca-colas would be would be an easy pick i'm surprised though that this list decided to say chick-fil-a tea rather than chick-fil-a lemonade because i feel like chick-fil-a's lemonade has more i guess gravitas to it than the tea well if you do that then how which one do you make number five the the five dollar category I think that's the real problem. If you had the Chick-fil-A lemon, that'd be like having the Chick-fil-A lemonade, um, the McDonald's Coca-Cola, and then like a Rally's Pepsi. It's like, how do you pick in that situation? Because yeah. for all three of those, those are like the top versions of their particular drink. So which one do you insult by making a $3 category? So I get it. I get yeah. it to a point making it the tea instead. Their tea is good. It, it's a solid choice. Then last category for the dessert. For five bucks, Dairy Queen Blizzard. For four, the Wendy's Frosty. For three, you have the Bojangles Bowberry Biscuit. For two, you have the McDonald's Apple Pie. And for a dollar, you have the Subway Cookie. And as much as I love my blizzards as much as I love my frosties for pure budgetary reasons. I had to, I had to do things differently and I went with the subway cookie, which it's, I mean, I guess more of a consolation prize since it's just a dollar, but you very rarely come away with the subway cookie and think, Oh, this stinks. It's, Oh, 
this is good. Maybe I wish I had another cookie or two. Sadly, since I had to choose from each category, um, this this is this is where I had to do my math, and this is where sadly McDonald's Coca Cola ended up losing the fight because if I'm going to have a cherry limeade, I don't want a cookie. I don't want apple pie. I, I've never, respectfully, I've never had the Bojangles Bowberry biscuit. No, that does neither, actually neither does look pretty good, though. I mean, that does actually look pretty good. And while a blizzard is great for my $4 category, I'm closing things out the right way with a high quality Wendy's frosty. It's mm, so good. It's like a, it's a milkshake. It's ice cream. It's a malt. It's a smoothie. I don't know what it is. That's why they don't call it anything besides a frosty. It doesn't, doesn't fit any natural category, but it is so good on a, like a really hot day. You just want a treat. A Wendy's Frosty is always the top choice. Plus, you know, if you're old school like me, you can even dip your French fries in it. That that that's a staple of going to Wendy's is dipping your fries in the Frosty. So, I'm closing my list out with a Wendy's Frosty. I think you could uh, to be comparison shopping. I suppose you could call the Wendy's Frosty maybe like in the Disney universe, Goofy, because like. He's not a dog. He's not like a cow. He's just goofy. Yeah, he, he the the frosty exists outside the spectrum of normal identifiable food, and that that's not meant to be a dig. That's not meant to make it sound like an insult or anything like that. It's just it, it's its own thing. I mean, if if you get it and you start eating it right off the jump, you got to eat it with a spoon. So then that's okay. It's like an ice cream. But it's also a lot smoother, so it's kind of like a smoothie, kind of like a milkshake. It's and it's delicious. So, uh, yeah, for for my two cents, it's kind of its own category. I, I agree. It, it is the goofy of the food dessert category. So for our lists for sandwich or taco, we both went with the McDonald's quarter pounder. We did the same thing for the bites for the Cane's tenders. For the specialties, I went with the Arby's Beef and Cheddar. You went with the Whataburger Patty Melt. For the fries, I went the In-N-Out Animal Style. You went the Chick-fil-A Waffle Fries. For the sides, I went the Cheddar's Cheese Curds. You went with the KFC Mashed Potatoes. For the drinks, we each went with the Sonic Cherry Limeade. And for the dessert, you went with, with the Frosty, and I went with a Subway Cookie. I spent all of my $21. You do still have a dollar left over. And you know what? In a real world scenario, that dollar would be used to buy a one dollar McDonald's Coca-Cola, baby. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> uh, but with that, we'll step aside for a timeout. When we come back, we'll shift our talk over to Thanksgiving food here on the NWO Orthopedics Sports Auto from the Fricker Studios. Everyone deserves a team of experts. Through Blanchard Valley Health System's membership with the Mayo Clinic Care Network, our doctors have access to the Mayo Clinic's knowledge, resources, and team of specialists. Our experts have experts, giving you the care you need close to home at no additional cost. For more information, please call 1-844-530-CARE. Blanchard Valley Health System, we're here for you. America, your children have an amazing superpower. That's right. 
they can help save lives by simply washing their hands. Just 20 seconds of thorough hand washing after they've coughed or sneezed or been outside can help fight against the dastardly spread of germs. Armed with only soap and water and hands, your superhero can protect you, your family, and everyone out there in America land. Amazing! Find out more at coronavirus.gov. A message from the CDC and the Ad Council. And by the caring employees of the Ropey Corporation. We know what it takes. We've done it all. At Five Star Maintenance and Construction, we built our crew on the foundation of dedication, hard work, and pride. Pride in a job well done that exceeds our clients' expectations and is executed with precision from start to finish. Welcome to Five Star Maintenance and Construction. We have been a leader in the industry of property preservation and construction management in Northwest Ohio. Each division of Five Star has a seasoned team to tackle even the most challenging property preservation and a dedicated on-site property manager for each property. Five Star Maintenance. We know what it takes. You deserve a more empowering banking experience, and Premier Bank is giving you one. Earn $200 when you open a new simple checking account, and you'll enjoy easy mobile banking, no monthly account fees or minimum balance, and surcharge-free access to over 37,000 ATMs nationwide. Then get ready to enjoy $200 worth of, well, whatever you want. Visit yourpremierbank.com simple200 to view offer details. Premier Bank. Powered by people. Offer valid through September 30th. Member FDIC. Back we are on the NWO Orthopedics Sports Auto here from the Fricker Studios on ESPN, 1430 AM, 105.7 FM, WFOB. Lance Morris, Matt Common here with you. Big thanks to Kevin Harris from Meet at Midfield along with the comeback awful announcing for joining us to talk Ohio State football. If you missed any part of our show today or just want to hear it again, head over to WFOB.com, click on the podcast page. You can hear today's show and our interviews and shows from past seasons as well. We might not be at the Frickers in Finley, but stop in for their daily specials. Monday, boneless frickin' chicken wings day. Tuesday, frickin' chicken wings day. Tonight, you can get their sirloin steak dinner. Thursday, their frickin' chicken chunks. Kids eat free all day, every day at Frickers. Pick up from the carryout window, dine in, or get delivery through DoorDash. All daily specials are dine-in only. Download the Frickers app to see more and to place an order. You can find them online at Frickers.com. And Matt, let's uh, continue to talk food. We talked fast food in our last segment. We will now shift our focus over to Thanksgiving food. And last year, people uh, may remember, I say mostly uh, our families remember, that we did a tier list with various Thanksgiving foods. And uh, my fiance, Bree, 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 did not like my list, our list at all, and basically roasted it. So because of that, we're going to switch gears up a little bit. We'll take the same foods we talked about last year, and we will have a nice little draft to see who, in fact, can put together the Thanksgiving spread of their dreams. Uh, first of all, let me just state the tiered list last year was perfect. I have zero notes from that list last year. Um, and I, I stand 1000% behind every pick that we did. Although we may have had, we may have had deviled eggs a little too low, but that's just me. I thought deviled eggs should have been a higher tier, but even that one, it was in a good spot. It was still in a good spot. So I, I stand by the list, but yes, let's do a proper draft. Let's let's see who can assemble the greatest Thanksgiving spread. So now, of course, we, we each we each will have six selections because we're going based on the tier list from last year. We're going off of those options. So we okay. we each have seven picks we can make, 14 total items. Would would you rather have the first or the second pick? You know what? I'll go ahead and take first pick. 
Okay, the floor is yours. So I, I am already ready. I know exactly where I'm going with this. If you're looking, do we have sound effects or just going? We we do. I I forgot about them until uh, until moments ago. So I'll have that here in a moment. <laughs> I'll say it can't be one of our drafts without the draft music. There we go. There it is. All right, so I'm ready. Did it play? It did. It was just maybe okay. a little quiet. Ah, fair enough. Something must be wrong with my headset on that one. Anyway, not important. With my first pick in the draft. I am going full Mario Williams, and I am picking mac and cheese, number oh, one overall. You, mm, I don't like you right now. Num- number one pick. Give me that Mario Williams, baby. Mac and cheese as the premier Thanksgiving food item. Uh, I'm... <sighs> <laughs> I'm. I'm not happy with you right now. I'm even prepared to give up turkey. Like if you told me it's more mac, home style mac and cheese or more turkey, I'm picking the mac and cheese every time. It's not even a discussion. The attitude ah. I've received from you at the start of this draft is abysmal. <laughs> oh, hey, it, you you gave me the opportunity. It's I, did. I saw I was it. Nice. And my my top pick was there on the board. This is still. what I get for being nice. I'm not. What do you want me? To, did you want me to go tradition and just pick turkey? No. I mean, you could turkey. I could have, but I didn't. I want that mac and cheese. All righty. So I'll uh, I'll transition from that the best I can. And so because of that, I will rebound and I will go with mashed potatoes solid pick solid solid pick you know i kind of get the feeling this is one of those years that the uh the main courses actually drop in the draft it might be there in the later rounds because of this so it's entirely plausible now it isn't uh, like this is brady quinn aaron Rodgers kind of situations i mean my goodness all right i'm i'm already good to go let's do this thing With my second pick, I'm going with the thing that I said was too low last year. I'm going deviled eggs. I am absolutely going deviled eggs. When done correctly, absolutely delicious. I was kind of hoping that's the direction you would go. Oh, okay. Okay, Let's. where, where are you going with it? I am taking what is my, I'll say one of my favorite things because it's a, a litany of things when it comes to various holiday foods and being as Polish, we have kielbasa. So I'm taking kielbasa. Oh, <laughs> now, you know, a little bit of how I felt. No, man. Oh. My, my family will hear, they'll hear that first pick. And they'll be like, they will probably be surprised it wasn't kielbasa. Uh, I I was hoping and praying that it was going to, you know what? My hubris got the better of me there picking the deviled eggs. <laughs> uh, so I, I, I got them in my head. I, I, I started thinking deviled eggs. It's, 
Oh God. I was really hoping Kilbasa would be there with pick three. I mean, no, no joke. I mean, I, I'm, I, I got Hungarian and Polish ancestry in me as well. And a, a good kielbasa, like a like even like a good like beef kielbasa or so. Oh, those are so good. Oh yeah. It's just so good. Especially when done up correctly. It, those taste so, so good. But okay, good pick. So I, I guess I'm ready. I'm gonna have to take the other main menu item off the tray and I'm gonna go with turkey. It's I, I felt a I felt a quarterback run was in our future, so <laughs> figured might as well strike while the iron is hot. And yeah, I'm gonna go turkey. Traditional, classic, everybody loves a good turkey on Thanksgiving. So I will then come back. I will go with what in my opinion is one of the best appetizers. I will go with the cheese ball. You know what? The cheese ball is underappreciated. Wildly underappreciated, in my opinion. I'm I'm gonna give you that. Like, not a bad pick. It is a very underappreciated appetizer and side dish during during the holidays. I, I I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna go with you on that one. I, I feel it. I, I understand. But with that being said, I got mine at the ready. This may not necessarily be a pick for the meal itself, but for those three or four times you go back to the table after dinner, as you're watching the game and getting ready to start napping, I'm going to go with rolls so I can make my little slider sandwiches out of turkey. I'm saying nothing because I'm upset because I wanted rolls next pick. Well, you know what? Now you know how I feel about <laughs> kielbasa, okay? Oh, now you man. understand my pain. Hmm, that's, it is what it look, is. I mean, look, rolls are just universally an ideal thing to have. They're great during the meal. Get some butter, that nice little spread on them. You can even spread a little bit of the cheese ball on it if you want, make it like a cheesy roll. But really, where the rolls and biscuits and everything like that really shine when it comes to Thanksgiving is after. Making those little sandwiches, just kind of stacking it all up. Oh, perfect. Absolutely perfect. So um, I'm proud of my vote here. So for my next pick. For my next pick, I will go with the unconventional item that we had in our in our draft and it has showed up to pretty much every thanksgiving of in my family since and that would be chicken nuggets you know what it's a smart pick it's uh, you draft the quarterback you need to draft the offensive lineman after that That, that's smart i i I can i can agree with that because look chicken nuggets you got to have something for the kids table you know You, you you gotta have something for the little ones and who are we kidding we're all adults yes we want to eat the good stuff like the turkey the kielbasa the cheese ball the all the other appetizers and side dishes and the desserts every now and then chicken nuggets are just good you know it's you just need to be five years old and have some chicken nuggets again oh yeah so solid pick i'm not opposed to that one for you which means i gotta i gotta improvise now at this stage okay see here 
Okay, I'm ready. Go ahead. This may not be a pick for me because I personally am not the biggest fan in the world of them by any stretch of the imagination, but I am going to go with sweet potatoes. You, you need something hearty as a side dish. I mean, I, I'm going to eat all the mac and cheese. Everyone, everyone else at my party needs to have a side dish of some variety. So I'm going to go sweet potatoes for everybody else. Not going to lie. That was what I was hoping you would do because. Oh, no. Which one are you taking from me? Because now I can just pick the scalloped potatoes. Okay, that's fair. I'm not opposed to that. I don't mind scalloped potatoes. It's. I have a mac and cheese already. Like, I, I've already checked out right. on the side dishes. It's like, it's just like. I, I genuinely don't care about the other side. I have a mac and cheese and that, a deviled well, eggs. That's the thing. If I don't have in this fictional world, theoretically, I don't have mac and cheese. I'm going to get whatever forms of potatoes I can. And now I and have two great forms of potatoes. That is solid. That is a solid point. And me- scalloped potatoes, you know, you can do a lot with scalloped potatoes. You, 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 you can do some good things. Heck, you can even, if you really want to live dangerously, you can put some scalloped potatoes on your rolls. Oh, wait, no, I have the rolls. Boom. That's what's up. <laughs> and I'm ready for my next pick, by the way. And I am going to go go to the dessert table. And when you think of Thanksgiving, you think of turkey. You think of mashed potatoes, mac and cheese, and some high-quality pumpkin pie. I'm going pumpkin pie for my dessert. Want to know something funny? Mm. It's exactly what I was planning on you doing, so then I can take apple pie, which I prefer. Well, you know, you and I had this debate last year. I know. Like you, you and I had this back and forth. I, I figured pumpkin pie was safe as one of my last picks because I know it's not your preference. So I, I felt safe on that. Hold on. I'm actually trying to do the math here. Yeah, no, I made a math mistake. We only have one thing left. So I guess we each get a couple green beans. Yeah, I was, I was just saying, can, can we just can we like give the green beans to the dog? I mean, <laughs> like, look, are you would you voluntarily pick green beans or is this something your grandmother made? You don't want to make her feel bad or something. Your mom may, you don't want her to feel bad. So you're like, oh, sure. I'll take a couple green beans. But in reality, you just kind of mush it in with everything else and hope that you don't taste it. See, because I, I do, I do like green beans. I do. It's just, they're not the star of a Thanksgiving spread. Look, they're, they're not even the star of the beans category. Like why? <laughs> Well, who who convened on the mountain of food choices and decided that green beans is the universally accepted bean option? Like, you know what? I'm going to throw a wild card. I think this year I'm going to try and convince the family Bush's baked beans instead of green beans. Also, I, I also just realized our list doesn't have it. Um, stuffing. Wow, that is a good point. Stuffing didn't make the list. You know what? I'll I'll be a I'll be a swell guy. You can have stuffing if you want. I'll take green beans. I mean, it's not even that it has to be included because we based it on 
like the Thanksgiving spreads we knew of and have had often. Cause like, I think I've had stuffing at family get togethers, but I never really either. I didn't want it or it just didn't appeal to me. Like I know I like stuffing now, but I know at some point in my life I did not. Uh, stuff Stuffing definitely had to grow on me. It's, uh, I don't know. It's just look when it's cooked and when it's done, it, it looks iffy. You know what I mean? Yeah. It just, it looks iffy. It looks like, I, I think this is edible. I'm pretty sure it's edible. <laughs> However, I just watched them pull it out of that bird that they just cooked. <laughs> so I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it, it's it's something that's grown on me. Now, mind you, since I got turkey, if I were to have stuffing, turkey, throw some high-quality gravy on top of both of those, oh, just mix it all together and feast like a king. <laughs> It'd be great. So... Uh, yeah, I mean, stuffing, I'm surprised that's not on the list. You know, also cranberry jam or cranberry sauce, not on the list whatsoever. It doesn't need to be on the list. I don't think so either, but it's becoming a popular thing again. I mean, a lot of people use it for the spreads on their like after dinner sandwiches now. See, because the only when I think of cranberry sauce, I think in the Simpsons where they like get cranberry <laughs> sauce out and it's just a complete afterthought. Nobody remembers it. Like it doesn't, it might as well have not been there. That I, I, I understand that. I get it. I definitely get it in that regard. So let's take uh, one more look at uh, each of our picks for the Thanksgiving spread of our choice for myself. I had mashed potatoes, kielbasa, cheese ball, chicken nuggets, scalloped potatoes, apple pie and then we each kind of i guess split the green beans for for lack of a better term and then uh, for you you have mac and cheese deviled eggs turkey rolls sweet potatoes pumpkin pie and the other quarter or half or whatever of the green beans um again i'm perfectly prepared to offer you my half of the green beans <laughs> it's i'm 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 not committed to those at all that will be left on the plate i'm just telling you right now <laughs> well that's the thing it's it's the spread it doesn't have to all be on your plate necessarily well if it doesn't have to be on my plate that definitely won't be on my plate but i suppose <laughs> if i'm being subjected to it fine i'll take half the green beans as well with that we'll step aside for a quick timeout. when we come back we'll wrap things up here on the nwo orthopedics sports auto from the fricker studios Hey, Hardin County, Allen County, and Putnam County residents. NWO now can serve your local orthopedic and physical therapy needs a bit closer to home. We are now located in Bluffton at 132 Guru Street, right across from Bluffton Hospital. We provide the same great standard that NWO always offers, and we are now accepting patients wanting to be seen in our Bluffton office. Take your orthopedic and physical therapy needs to NWO. There's only one place to go, NWO. Everyday values are at only one place, Frickers. Monday, boneless frickin' chicken wings. Tuesday, traditional frickin' chicken wings. Wednesday is all about that steak. Thursday, frickin' chicken chunks. Frickers, where kids 10 and under eat free every day. Remember, draft beer specials, everyday values, and kids eat free every day. The home for money-saving value is the home for fun, food, sports, and spirits, Frickers. Grit. The word is defined as having courage or strength of character. My name is Mitch Gardner and I am the owner of Grit. 
We are a personalized health and fitness organization that will help you find the strength and courage to become the best version of you. Let my staff at Grit encourage you to get healthy in the right way. It's time to take charge of your health, for yourself, your family, and your future. Grit is located behind Ace Hardware and BodyWorks 24-Hour Fitness of Tiffin. Or reach out via email at grit, G-R-I-T-T dot training at gmail.com. Need new tires or tire service? Then Wilson Tire Company has you covered. Offering 15 brands of tires and providing 24-hour roadside assistance, Wilson Tire Company can get the job done. In business for over half a century, Wilson Tire Company has three convenient locations. Tiffin, Upper Sandusky, and Kenton. Wilson Tire Company offers mobile services, especially for commercial and farm applications. Check them out on the web for contact information or simply set an appointment from the comfort of your couch. Wilson Tire Company, a trusted partner for all your tire needs. Great news, Fostoria. The new watershed near the corner of 4th and Finley Streets is now open. This watershed offers another convenient location in the southwest corner of town to purchase pure water. You can also use the watershed off of Plaza Drive. Both watersheds are open 24-7 every day of the year. So grab your quarters and your containers and head to the closest watershed near you. For more info, go to nwwsd.org. Seneca Millwork is now hiring. They have third shift general labor positions available with a starting pay of $17.51 an hour with a $0.25 shift differential for the third shift. Seneca Millwork offers medical, vision, dental, life insurance, and a 401k contribution. Apply online at SenecaMillwork.com or apply online through Indeed. Come work at Seneca Millwork located at 300 Court Place in Faustoria and part of the Ropey Holding Company family. Welcome to Bigby Coffee, your home away from home that picks you up and leaves you in a better mood than when you arrived. No matter who you are, we know we'll have a drink for you, and her, and him. You see, here at Bigby, we can customize our drinks for each person, dairy or no dairy, coffee or no coffee. We've got you covered, hot, iced, or frozen. Bigby Coffee is one of a kind, just like you. With locations on Tiffin Avenue and Trenton Avenue in Finley to serve you. Roto-Rooter is always the first name you think of when you have problems with your sewer system or any other household drains. Tim Munger and Roto-Rooter will thoroughly clean your sewer system, sink, shower drains, and toilets. The Mungers have been serving the Faustoria and Seneca County area for over 65 years. Give Tim Munger a call at 419-435-3360. That's 419-435-3360 for all of your drain cleaning needs. And away go troubles down the drain. Back we are here on the NWO Orthopedics Sports Huddle from the Frickers Studios on ESPN 1430 AM 105.7 FM. WFOB Lance Morris, Matt Common here with you. Big thanks to Kevin Harris from Meet at Midfield along with the comeback and off announcing for joining us to talk Ohio State football. If you missed any part of this show or just want to hear it again, head over to WFOB.com, click on the podcast page. You can hear today's show and our shows and interviews from past seasons. And we might not be physically at the Frickers in Finley, but stop in for their daily specials. Monday, boneless frickin' chicken wings day. Tuesday, frickin' chicken wings day. Tonight, you can get their sirloin steak dinner. Thursday, their frickin' chicken chunks. Kids eat free all day, every day at Frickers. You can pick up from the carryout window, dine-in, or get delivery through DoorDash. All daily specials are dine-in only. Download the Frickers app to see more and to place an order. Find them online at frickers.com. And Matt, before we go, just a few things I wanted to touch on in uh, in the world of sports before we go. And one of those 
is Ben Simmons, who played his first game in Philly as a member of the Brooklyn Nets. He finished the night 11 points, 11 assists, and 7 rebounds, a 115-106 to loss to the Sixers. I know you haven't exactly been a Simmons fan in the past, so what did you think of uh, what we saw in his play in return to Philly and what we've seen in the early parts of this year? Uh, First, let's be clear. It's not that I'm not a fan. It's that I am not among the people that thought he is a all world mega elite talent. I'm I'm just not. And and I continue to stand by that, but he looked good. I'm, he, he looked good. He looked like he was a little bit more polished than we were probably anticipating for his first night back. And certainly looks like he could be a pretty critical piece to that team going forward. Cause that team looks like a hot dumpster fire right now and might need some stability from Ben Simmons of all people. So no, not not a bad start. Uh, kind of reaffirmed a few beliefs that I had about him in his start. But again, it's it's early on, and we'll see how he continues to go and continue to build on his uh, recovery here. I mean, it's just, I think that's one thing people do forget is, yes, he kind of had his collapse in the playoffs in, in a ma- very major way. There's no getting around that. But uh-huh. if he can overcome that and be the player he essentially was up until that series, that's at the very least a borderline all-star level player. Oh, certainly. And make no mistake. I think he is a very talented player. I I've, I've been very adamant about that. Even when I'm critical about it, I, I think he's a talented player. He certainly is. It's just when you were hearing like, Oh, it's going to take three draft picks and, two or three players just to get Ben Simmons. Like, no, you do that for a Donovan Mitchell, a guy who can take over a game by himself. You do that for a LeBron. You do that for a Dwayne Wade in his prime. You don't do that for a guy that genuinely can't shoot the three ball as a point guard. And not just can't shoot the three ball, does not shoot the three ball as a point guard. It's it, it, he, he has holes in his game that are significant, but that doesn't mean he's a bad player for what he does. He's incredible. He's an incredible player. Just uh, the, the, the price tag that was getting tossed around for Ben Simmons was always way too high. In my opinion, sticking in the world of basketball, Patrick Beverly, Patrick Beverly, he continues to be what I'll call an annoying player in the NBA. Uh, Last night, he shoves Deandre Ayton hard enough to the point where he was actually ejected. And then after the game, he said, quote, I'm a foxhole guy, end quote. I don't know whatever the heck that means, but there's a line between being a tough player and a dirty player, and pretty much every time, Patrick Beverly goes over that line. Well, see, this is where you and I kind of, I kind of like how much of a curmudgeon Patrick Beverly is. I kind of dig it. It kind of works for me as a basketball fan, because you know what he, he he's filling that role. Players like Isaiah Thomas back in the day used to fill it's he's that aggressive takes you the extra step, takes you past the whistle kind of defender. Does it sometimes bite him? Sure. Certainly does. Uh, as for his foxhole comment, I mean, I get it. You're a guy in the trenches. You're someone who wants to go to battle with your teammates and all that. That's all fine and good, but there is a time and place. I think that was not the best way for him to go about handling, trying to go tough against DeAndre Ayton, especially DeAndre Ayton of all people. You're going to lose that. <laughs> it's just you're going to lose in that scenario. But 
Yeah, I kind of, I kind of like Patrick Beverly. He's a, like a like an Isaiah Thomas or Chauncey Billups with a little bit more of a mean streak and a little bit less polish on it. So I, I'm not terribly opposed to him. He is a pest that will not go away. Well, that's usually what people that are like sixth men of the year and defensive player of the year candidates tend to be. They tend to be pests. <sighs> Tired of him. He's did, did did you lose to Patrick Beverly on 2K23? Oh, no. Okay. Never. I was like, this, this seems oddly personal, so no. I'm just going to ask. <laughs> no, no. I, okay. No, just no. He's not, he's, he's, he's not, he's not in the Kyrie level to me on annoying, but he's, he's rising the ranks. Okay. I, I can respect that. I, I, I can respect that. But again, for me, I view it. He's a pest, but that's kind of his job. So he, he just does his job very well then. And then last thing uh, for me, have you, uh, have you by chance been watching any of the world cup? No. And I will not watch any of the world cup. I have zero interest in watching the world cup. Um, I'll go ahead and put this out there. Same level as my stance for people like Dana White and all that. No, I'm not going to watch the world cup when it's hosted in a country that bribed their way to get it actively endorses indentured servitude and slave labor and did so at the behest of an organization that's actively corrupt. So no, I'm not going to watch the world cup. I'm sure it's lovely for other people around the world and around the country. Not my thing. I don't want to give them any of my dollars or any of my time. No, thank you. Mm-hmm. They, they they could not have picked a worse place or a more corrupt organization or corrupt country at this current time in terms of human rights violations had they been trying. So, yeah, I'm good. I'm sure it'll be fun for other people, but I'll, I'll stick with my uh, I'll stick with my scandal ridden American sports, please. And thank you. I was going to say, we're not, uh, we're not exactly the target demo for the world cup anyway. We're cer- we're certainly not. And that, that bears mentioning that the United States is far from the target demo for a world cup and these types of things. But it, the, the things that are going on there needs to be said, because that once that first whistle happens, all the coverage switches to, wow, how majestic the stadium is, or wow, look at how everyone's handling this tournament, as opposed to the, just egregious level of human rights violations that Qatar has been actively supporting and engaging in to get this world cup to happen. So yeah, no, I'm good. I'll, I'll stick with, I'll stick with American football and basketball, please. And thank you. You got anything, uh, got anything a little lighter to go out on? Um, do I have anything a little lighter to go out on? That's a good question. Um, <laughs> Browns Bucks should be very entertaining this weekend. I mean, um, based based on what? The fact that both teams are kind of garbage right now. <laughs> it should be at least a fun game. No, uh, to go out on a light, uh, to go out on a lighter note. Um, maybe don't have anything sports related, but I I will say hats off to uh, all the teams that are out there right now in the fall sports wrapping up their seasons in the state semifinals in the state tournaments for their respective sports. I think that's still ongoing. Uh, It's been a very fun fall season. You and I are kicking off winter broadcast season here very shortly. So I'll just take this moment to the listeners and stuff like that out there. Thank you for listening to us throughout the fall. And we look forward to continuing your listenership as we go on during the winter season, during basketball. And uh, 
Definitely hope that you all have a very happy Thanksgiving and get the holiday spread of your dreams tomorrow and then continue to eat like kings throughout the weekend. Also go Buckeyes. <laughs> That'll just about do it for us tonight. Of course, big thanks to Kevin Harris from Meet at Midfield, along with the comeback. Awful announcing for joining us to talk Ohio State football. And for my broadcast partner, Matt Common, this is Lance Morris signing off. From the Frickers Studios for the NWO Orthopedics Sports Huddle. Thank you for listening. Have a great rest of your day. And hey, if I can get my words out. Thank you for listening. Have a great rest of your day, everyone. And happy Thanksgiving to all out there.